Hello and welcome to Balboa Park. I am Nikos Balboa. I am a trans man, Italian, living in France, and I've been living here for more than 20 years. I have a teen daughter and I'm a mom. I'm a tattoo artist and I do graphic novels in Italian in France. And in this podcast, I want to talk about the creative process as a way to self-knowledge. Welcome to Balboa Park. Yay! Episode 12, and it's Mercury Retrograde. How are you doing, my friends? I want to talk about Mercury Retrograde in an artist's life. A.K.A. as a Cancerian, I must look back. I want to look back when it's Mercury Retrograde. I was drawing and I was in the meanwhile also (laughs) scrolling on my Facebook. I often go on Facebook to post on the Graphic Journal Club Facebook group and I opened Facebook and instead of going where I want to go, I always got stuck in comedy videos or stuff from Facebook <laughs> and I stumbled on my old artworks a few days ago. It started with a random Facebook memory and then it opened the Pandora box. All started with this image from nine years ago and it was an illustration of a bride of Frankenstein having intercourse with uh, a wolf, a werewolf. It was an illustration I did for a Kama Sutra book um, organized, uh, curated by an Italian illustrator. Uh, It was a very cool book because each illustrator did uh, one position from the Kama Sutra and I had this oyster position in which there were these very amused and very in pleasure Bride of Frankenstein having sex with the werewolf. And it's um you, you can see it in the in my Substack page uh, if you go to nicosbalboa.substack.com I posted there the image. Um and it's a very like dark background and very detailed watercolor, um, some like a classic illustrator book, which is contrast with the subject of the image. And I was looking at this, this picture while I was scrolling, but even if I was scrolling on this, this Facebook, actually I was in my living room, <laughs> as you can remember, from uh, Balboa Park episode 10 (laughs) when I'm in my living room maybe I'm actually doing work done in my living room when my home is empty. Anyway I was in my living room drawing another picture which you can also see on my Substack post of this episode in which it's it's like a self-portrait very like also on a dark background because it's on a dark 
a drawing on a dark page, on a dark paper, and there is this self-portrait which is very full of colors and full of texture and it's very, very explosive in the in the composition and it's figurative but uh, very strange. Um, the, the figure, it's, it's very unrealistic. And so I, wo- I was looking at the picture I was actually drawing and then this picture from the, the Facebook memories that says nine years ago. And I felt a little bit, you know, proud and a little bit condescending. And I was like, oh, I've changed and matured so much as an artist because now I'm able to draw raw and less figurative things. <clears throat> and so while I carried on with the, the Facebook, Facebook memory, I also found these other portraits of me from 10 years ago. And it was a picture uh, took, taken during my show at MF Gallery in Brooklyn. And I was in front of a wall I've painted there, which also had another Bride of Frankenstein that I just painted on on the gallery's wall. Um, I guess that this feminine version of scars and and monster-like of the Bride of Frankenstein was my version of femininity at the time because I had a I also always had those some kind of problem con- concealing <laughs> my myself and also understanding maybe my feminine femininity sorry anyway look wise it's easy it's easier to see and feel the difference from then and today not only because of the 10 year span but also because of my gender transition. So as you can see me now, you can go on my social media or you can go on Substack and, and, and actually see the picture of me now, which I posted right after this MF gallery portrait. Um, of course, now I'm more me and I also don't feel like always have must do silly faces in order to bear with who, in order to bear with having my picture taken, because you can see the expression of my, in my face from the 10 years ago picture um, and the one from now, I don't know. I, I, now, of course, I feel more, more me. But anyway, the other day, I was floating in this, oh, time has gone by, I've changed, and I'm so mature, and I'm cool, and I'm centered now, while back then I was so longing for recognition, and I couldn't create from a place of rawness, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I guess that I was being judgy, a little bit of a douchebag in disguise the other day, but... Mercury retrogrades fold. I went to into this rabbit hole of memories, and I thought, "Oh well, my work has changed so much. I was more immature and stiff then than now, 
And so I immediately, immediately thought about doing a podcast episode about this. I wanted to talk about how I've changed in this past 10, 15 years. And of course, with this idea in mind, I went to look for the evidences. I wanted to come here on the podcast and say, I'm so cool now because I've come a long way. But I went to Google my image and wrote Nikos Balboa 2013 and found out all sorts of things, such pyrographs that are still available to see on my website, nikosbalboastudio.com, but also find out some old paintings from 2003, 2005, and I'm posting them on on the Substack, but there are some images are like very tiny paintings in oil and acrylic with backgrounds and they gave some medieval miniature vibes but with uh, the theme are of there are often like naked ladies with periods or naked ladies pra- praying to a chocolate bar or mermaids that looks like the pope or like a, a religious apparition i guess it was the years in from uh, the pop surrealism years and i was very well <laughs> a lot influenced by those those image but also like i was young and i was punk and i go out to to music concert and drinking alcohol and taking substances so i was like in a very extreme mood and so it was fun that those images maybe combine the two but also i found that uh, some of my graphic journal from 2000, 2011 and 2013 um so there were some images that are already some raw raw star um, raw stuff <laughs> the thing is that i started my search in order to prove that now my work is more sincere and real but the thing is, even back then, I would make some rough work, rough work, and in the meantime, some more finished and aesthetic work. For example, I have these two images from 2013. One is a very raw and instinctive self-portrait, but the other, from the same period, is like a an illustration of a look-like Frida Kahlo girl, like in a very cute, delicate watercolor. Uh, she has flowers in her hair, um, even though she has hand uh, earrings like Frida Kahlo, but the hands is actually smoking for real. The hands hold the cigarette and you have smoke. And the, her, her expression is very very strong and very closed, but the technique is, is very soft. So I guess that my theory of thinking like back then I was stiff and now I'm so cool and so arrived as an artist,
artist, it's actually a stupid theory. I'm not really more centered and mature now, <laughs> or at least it's not about the year I've made the artwork that made it more or less raw. Because I found this illustration from 2005, which is a very cute watercolor with a Betty Page-like pinup getting spanked by another silly creature. And it was from a, a concert in, in Rome from these two garagey punk uh, bands uh, from Rome. They, their name was Motorama and Cactus. It was a very cool scene in, in Rome back in the day. So it's a very defined and well-colored watercolor, and it's from 2005. And then I stumbled off my graphic journal from my trip in New York in 2000. And I, I at the time, I kept this graphic journal, which is very fun, but very raw. And so, okay, the rawness is not about the year. If it isn't about the year, so what's about? First thing, now I also realize that in some way I thought that raw works are better because maybe I judge them as more artsy uh, while I maybe finished work. I, I used to found them more stiff, but when I look at them, some of those stiff work um, looks funny to me now. And of course, I am more happy and centered now as a human being. Yes, I can tell this. And I can tell it loud and clear. I feel good those days. I feel good even when I'm low and depressed. I don't know how to say how to describe it, but even when I'm low, I'm depressed, but I'm, it's what it is. But what about my work? I guess I still can't tell oh, that now I'm arrived and as an artist and my production is well on point. But what I learned, looking at those past images, some of them are from 20 or 23 years ago, is that I feel so much empathy and love for the past me <laughs> that tried the best that they could at that moment. And even though it's a, a little more difficult to have empathy for me now, especially in those bad days, or when I, my, my work like commission or clients are low, or when I feel burnout, now I guess that I can learn from, from this. So yes, I guess that the teaching I want to learn, can I learn a teaching? I don't know, the teaching I want to, yes, learn from this Mercury retrograde scavenger ant for artworks is to have empathy for where I'm at right now. But how? Let's think about, maybe I'm going to try to make a list that can work for me in the good days. Uh, first thing, let's concentrate on the feeling at, on feeling at ease and loved while I work. 
and then if there is make sure I give the best that I can at the very same moment I'm doing the artwork. Uh, and also, this is from the four agreements, my personal best may vary accordingly to the sessions. And if you don't know, the four agreements is a book which is quite helpful to navigate through life. And also can be, don't compare myself so much with other artists. But when I catch myself comparing my work or career to other artists, I have to commit to use this as an occasion to reflect of my own practice or my own career by asking myself those questions. There are, for me, like five of these what this person is doing that I wish I did or is having that I wish I had. Second, what can I learn from it? Maybe it could be a technique, maybe it could be a, a skill, maybe it could be a goal. Third, can I plan ahead the steps I will need to take to achieve what I'm longing for? So, question two, Two was what can I learn, uh, the skill, the technique, the goal. Okay, now what are the steps I need to take to achieve this technique, this skill, this goal? Write it down. You can pause the, this podcast and do the, <laughs> the exercise now if you can. If you are driving, don't do it. But if you are at home or uh, if you can, do it. If once you have break down the, those steps, can I take the first step very soon? If yes, take the step. If not, maybe you can break down more steps, some steps that you can achieve and do from now, and those steps will lead you to the first step you, you write. And fourth, can I reach out to this artist that I'm judging or that I'm jealous or that I'm longing for and compliment them about this skill, technique or goal or whatever? And hear me very well in this. You don't have to say, oh, you, you work, your work is so good. I wish I could do this. Don't make this message about yourself. Genuinely express love and appreciation. Open your heart to this feeling of love and appreciation and communicate this to this person if you can, if the, if the person is still alive or has a social media. And don't wait for an answer. You are not doing this for an answer. You are doing this for opening your heart to giving love. And one last thing is, let's think about having, doing what this person has or doing or is, that, is doing, what makes you feel. Like, imagine you have a magic wand and you have this you are longing for right now. Write down 
a little list that starts with what I have or what I do or this achievement make me feel blah, blah, blah. Write down as a present, it's not, not as future. Like, I feel like this. I... And to finish the list of how can I have empathy for what I'm doing now in the, in the, the good days, you can also add, for me, when I feel at the lowest of my creativity, I treat myself with something new. It can be a new piece of art, supply. <laughs> so not a new piece of art. You don't need to. Or maybe you also you can go buy the art of the person you, you love if you can afford it. And sometimes we like people and we we long to achieve uh, art or art goals from people we see on Instagram. And maybe we can go check their shop because maybe we can afford it or we can buy a print for them or something like this. But also it can be buy a new piece of art supply, a new pen, a new brush, a new colors or a new sketchbook, something that gives you this dopamine hits, <laughs> this thrill. Or you can change your routine for a day Maybe you, you can change the place you, you go work. Maybe you can go work outside. Maybe you can go for a, a walk. Treat yourself with a small journey or a drawing day to the museum with a friend. Or even a one day, no expenses, field trip can do. Go in the park. Bring your journal, bring your sketchbook and go draw the trees. Treat yourself, yes, with a little surprise in your, in your routine or in your art. And one last thing is like, stay concentrate on your journey. No freaking compare your work with others. And yes, I said it already. It was the fourth point, but I say it again because it's very... And I was talking about what I can do to, to have empathy with what I'm doing as an artist right now on the good days. And what about the bad days? But <laughs> sometimes the bad days, for me, they just have to pass in order to stop identifying as the failure, as the untalented, as the overwhelmed and broke artist that I feel I am in those days. Sometimes we don't have a choice and depression eats and, and it's okay. My partner says it's not personal. So if you have to hit the bottom or some days and don't beat yourself up to, for not being productive. Just ride the wave or shitty days and it's okay. So now that I prepare to wrap up this episode and I'm going through those images to post them as a illustration for this po podcast episode on my Substack and I flip through all those past images I want to thank my past self. Thank you. 
but I also want to remind myself what comes true when you are, when I'm, when you, when we are drawing, it's good. Whatever comes true, if we are connected, connected to our inner self, we channel our soul. And so whatever comes true, it's cool. And even if we are not connected and we just start drawing because of we, we feel bad or I don't know, whatever comes through, it's cool. And we thank whatever comes through. And it's also cool to have different, and I'm quoting with my finger, different styles. Because sometimes, at least for me, sometimes I want to do something more raw. Sometimes I want to do something more fine and more... Uh, that takes more time, more detailed work. And it's okay. The thing is that wanting to have a recognizable style and palette every time the same, every time the same mood, it's something that it doesn't to be mandatory. Of course, if we are selling our image, our artist stuff, uh, like me, if you are a tattooer or if you sell illustration or, or you do books, therefore we need our art to have a commercial purpose and sometimes it will be easier to be more recognizable in order to be more sellable because it's easier for the client for, to recognize you and to read you and to choose you because they will know what they are they are signing for what they are giving money for especially if you work on commission or if you are an illustrator that work with an agency agency but also like if you like me can't manage to always walk the same medium for your artwork does it make your art production less valid? For me, the answer is no, as long as you are creating from a, from a place of truth with who you are and who you are may vary a bit accordingly to the days like me. And also without comparing or copying other artists. I hope that what I'm telling you about my experience may help you welcome who you are as you are right now and i hope uh, for you who went on the, the substack page that you like to see my past work and yes use this episode as a way to love your art practice as it is right in this moment Thank you. <laughs> Have a cool end of 2023. Remember that I love you. And also, if you want to dig deeper and know more at my, about my work, you can do some things that are, first, visit my website, which is nikotsbalboastudio.com. And then you can also come subscribing to my substack, which is nikotsbalboa.com. Substack.com, so you can have new episodes and new newsletter 
right into your inbox and having cool things in our inbox that are that aren't uh, promotional spam i guess it's cool and also you can if you are interested in working with me in an art practice remember that i have a graphic journal club on patreon which is patreon.com slash graphic journal club yeah i also have a, a store in my website you can go to nikosbalboastudio.com slash store and there i sell originals or signed prints or it depends from the mood for example now i have this series of my new perimeter uh, series which you heard about in my Substack uh, newsletter. And I did some print of them and they, they are very cool. So enjoy this past, uh, this, sorry, enjoy this last few days of 2023. Subscribe to the, this podcast, leave a review, maybe five stars. Uh, send it to a friend who's an artist and need to hear this. And also come and give me feedbacks about what you just heard. I love you again. Bye-bye.